0: And my uh, message tonight is actually about distractions. And um, I tried to come up with like a a cool title for it, but I realized that as I was spending so much time trying to come up with a cool title that I was actually distracted from my message. So we left it at distractions full stop. That's where I left the title of this message at. And before I go along any further, I just really want to thank Pastor Hartley and Pastor Nat for continually entrusting this microphone into my hands, so thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Since it is Mother's Day, I thought that I might throw some photos up, because I don't do that very often, so can I get, actually, can I get the black and white one, is that okay? Sorry to mess it up for you guys. So that's my seven. For any of you who don't know, I have seven children. They do all exist because people don't often see me with all of them at the same time because they're running around in all different areas. That was taken about six months ago, so it's a little bit of an older photo, but I love it. Shows their personalities quite well, the uniqueness of them all. Now can we go to the next one? Oh, I don't know where that came from. That's a (laughs) mayor. That's the one, Uh, that's me and my girls. So that's the girls in our family, my five girls. And actually um, we were off to the movies in the summer to see Moana and we'll be hearing more about that later in the preach. So there's my five girls. Micah was not playing along with that photo. She didn't want to be in that photo, I don't think. And then the last photo is me and Dylan. Do we have that one? Wow, I send so many photos. How did that happen? Technical glitch, people. So this is how Dylan and I cope with having seven children. We laugh and we laugh and we laugh. Because if we didn't do that, we would cry and we would cry and we would cry. So that is how we cope when people ask us. We laugh a lot. We just laugh that stuff off. (laughs) So that's just my family. That's my family. my, My treasures, my distractions in life. No, they're not mere distractions, they are they are a gift, but, you know, anyone who does have children know that they do distract us <laughs> at times, you know, when you've just fed them and they're still hungry, <laughs> you're like, I just fed you, why do you need more food? Or when you're trying to, you know, get holy and, and prepare a preach and, you know, they're tearing stuff out and, and drawing on the walls, like, I've got so many walls that are drawn on, it's just not even funny anymore, I'm just leaving it because, you know, well, <laughs> it seems like it's not going to end, so... I'll just wait till they're all above the toddler age, and then I'll clean the walls. (laughs) But in all seriousness, you know, our worlds are constantly bombarded with distractions. You know, distractions don't have to necessarily be evil, either. Distractions are often just very normal things. Distractions are often worldly desires, though, as well. Things that we would rather be doing than perhaps being at church or being in the word of God. But what we do need to be careful of is that they don't take priority. Priority over our time with Jesus, over our time with the Father, over the time, our time with the Spirit, over our time at church. You know, we're in a constant battle between flesh and spirit. And can I take it a little bit further tonight? And I'm going to have a lot of creative license through this pr- preach. I hope that's okay. I hope God doesn't go. You change the word of God, you're going straight to hell. I hope that doesn't happen. But I'm going to say we're in constant battle between spirit and distraction. And in Galatians 5:16 to 17, it says, So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. And if we reread it, so I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of distraction. For the distraction desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the distraction. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. An example of this in the Bible is, is the rich man. And I'm like, there's lots of rich men in the Bible, right? There's lots of stories about rich men. We don't usually know their names. They're just rich. I, I didn't meet one of those guys. <laughs> but in the Bible times, there seemed to be a lot of them. <laughs> you know, and this guy, he comes to Jesus and um, he's kind of at a crossroads. He's, he's saying to Jesus, what else can I do? You know, I've lived, I've lived this life, what else can I do? And we can read about it in Mark 10, 17 to 22. And I'm going to read out of the message version right now. And it says, As he went out into the street, a man, named, a man came running up, greeted him with great reverence, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, Why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. He said, teacher, I have from my youth kept them all. Jesus looked him hard in the eye and loved him. He said, there's one thing left. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth and then, will then be heavenly wealth. And come, follow me. The man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear, and he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. You know, this story saddens me. One, because in all transparent honesty, I might have had the same response. If Jesus was right in front of me and I said, What else can I do for you, God? And he told me, Go sell everything you've got, (laughs) sell your husband. Don't stop, Mick, because I will come back with this comeback and ruin the whole anointing in this place. Shh. You're distracting me. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do it. I really don't know. It's a massive challenge. We kind of skip through those and go, oh, well, he wasn't very holy, you know, like he could have followed Jesus and it would have been great outcome for him. And, but, you know, faced with that, faced with that decision right in your face. Right at you, God speaking to you, asking you to do that. I think I would have negotiated. I think I would have said, Hey Jesus, I'm gonna go back and get the wealth, okay? Or we'll cash in, I'll come back. I can guarantee you, there'll be no more stables for you, Jesus. We will be five-star accommodation the whole way. There'll be no just bread and wine. We'll be eating the best meat and all that. I'll pay for everything. I probably would have tried to negotiate something like that. I'm sure Jesus would have been like, yeah, Amanda, that's, that's awesome. It's so generous of you. <laughs> but on the other side, my spirit grieves. It cries out, no. Oh, with Jesus. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. It reads that the rich man came to him and Jesus looked at him and loved him. Yeah. He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. He found favor. His future could have been one of following Jesus and seeing miracles, seeing salvations, seeing people raised from the dead. He could have written a book in the Bible who knows the extent of the journey of which Jesus would have taken him on if he would said yes, if he wasn't distracted by the things of this world, distracted by earthly things. Because of the choice he made, he walked down the distracted path, and it says his heart was heavy. You know, distractions give us a heavy heart. They fill our hearts with things that are not important, that we do they just, they clog us all up with things that we don't need to be carrying. It also says that he was holding on to many things and he wasn't able to let go. And I'm not going to go into this, because it's a message in itself, but it's just a thought. Does a distracted heart, a heavy heart, lead to an offence? Distractions can rob us from our calling. They can turn us in the opposite direction of what God would have us walk, just like that rich man. You know, one of the wonderful things about being a mom of younger kids especially, is that they like to watch the same movie over and over and over and over and over, and that's just in one day, over and over again. And all I hear is the same sounds, the same songs going over and over and over. And then I'm singing them. I know the words to all the movies and all the songs. And sometimes I haven't even seen the movies, but I know all the words because I'm hearing them in the background all the time. But there was one movie in particular that I really wanted to see, and I showed you the picture. It was Moana. I took my girls to see Moana, and I loved it. I loved it. It It's the first kids' movie I'd loved in ages, since The Incredibles. That's my other favorite. But anyway, (laughs) anyway, I'm going to preach out of the book of Moana here tonight. And um, Enoch actually um, rebuked me when I spoke about Moana a few weeks ago. So I was kind of like this morning, in your face, Enoch, I'm preaching out of Moana. (laughs) So um, there's a scene in Moana, and she's been given a call. She's been given a purpose. She has um, got the, the heart of Tafiti, and she needs to restore it and she needs to go and she needs to save her people. There's like great, like darkness coming over their worlds and it's, it's, it's not looking good and she needs to go and she's got this purpose and she's raised to the challenge and she's gone out and she's got Maui who's a demigod and this is why this story is really super spiritual in the wrong super spiritual way because he's like a demigod and we don't believe in other gods other than God, but hey, Maui jumps on board and they come against all this attack and, you know, all these these trials and they get through them and they're just about to come to completing the task, completing the purpose. And it gets even better because they come up against... It's fire demon called Takao, so it's getting, like, better and better, this story. And anyway, they come up against her, and she takes them out. They're defeated. Maui, being the great demigod that he is, jumps ship and leaves Moana. So she's abandoned, and she's alone. She's shipwrecked. She has this purpose, and she has this call that she knows. She knows on the inside of her that that's what she's supposed to do but it's just gotten too hard now. And she throws the heart of Te into the ocean. She throws away her call and she says, you've got the wrong girl. I can't do this, find somebody else. And just then, because it's gonna get even more super spiritual, her dear grandmother turns up (laughs) (laughs) on the boat Um, Yeah, we don't talk to the dead, by the way. Just creative license on this preach. Dead grandmother comes, and it's a Disney movie. So we're going to break out into song soon. No, I'm not, but they did. (laughs) And she says to her, why do you hesitate? And Moana replies, I don't know. And then her grandmother gently starts to sing. And remind her of who she is. Remind her that she has a calling on her life. Remind her that it's not even just about her. It's about her village. It's about the people that she's going to look after and help and the lands that she's going to save by, by, by um, getting this heart restored. And you see Moana, she starts to remember as her grandmother softly speaks to her, sings to her, she starts to remember, and you see her start to sort of stand up and take heed, and, and, and you see that like almost that spark is reignited, and she's like, she starts to sing as well, because it's a Disney movie, they all sing, and she starts to sing, and she starts to like just get this like oomph back into her, reminding, you know, remembering of, of, of what she's called to do. And then this last line of this song that she starts to sing, she just screams at the top of her lungs, I am Moana. And it's like sometimes we've got to remember who we are. Sometimes I've got to stand up and go, I am Amanda. And I have been called by the King of Kings. There's times where I feel like I'm on a broken boat. There's times when I feel like I've been abandoned. There's times when I feel like you've got the wrong girl. I can't do this. And then the Holy Spirit comes. And He gently reminds me of whose I am. And I remember that it's not just about me. I remember that there's a purpose. I remember that I'm outworking something greater than me. And I feel that fire start to reignite. I feel that flame just just coming up. I feel courage coming on this side of me and strength and perseverance and I remember that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I remember that he who started a good work will see it through to completion. I remember waters will not overcome Me And the fire will not set me ablaze. I remember that I am called to conquer and be victorious. I remember that I serve the risen King and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that nothing is impossible for Him. I remember whose I am and I stand and I call. I am Amanda and I have been called with a purpose and a plan and He will see it through. He will see it through. You know, we can be distracted by so many silly things all the time, just this week I, um, I couldn't sleep, and when you've got seven kids and you get woken up a lot, when you can't sleep because of yourself, it's really irritating, you're like, there's no reason why I should be awake, I need to sleep, so I was getting more and more annoyed, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to get up and pray, Like I was feeling down, I was feeling like I needed to shift something. And I don't do this very often because I don't really like getting up in the middle of the night to pray, to be honest. I like my bed. But I got up and I started to pray. And it might have been a bit of a whiny prayer, you know, like, oh, I need you, God, and move something and do this and, you know, speak to me. And but all of a sudden, and I don't even know how the transition happened, but I went from that you know, actually, I made an effort. I got out of bed. Like, there was an effort. I wanted to actually pray. Just sitting there going, You know, I really hate the walls of this house. <laughs> what were they thinking when they picked all these colors that don't even go together? <laughs> Seriously, they have no taste at all. Why would you do that? I so want to paint these walls. And then there's the drawings on them as well. And I'm, I'm going, I'm like, one minute, I'm like slapping myself in the face almost. Amanda, what are you doing? Just praying to God, and then you're like, the people who own this house have no taste because of disgusting colors on the wall. Like, How do you go from that to that? But that's what distraction does. And you don't even know the transition. You don't even know the second that you went from that to that. It just sort of happens. Distractions do that, and they can be silly. You know... There's those silly distractions, and then there's ones that have huge impact and huge costs on our lives, and not even just our lives, but the lives of people around us as well. And again, just this week, it's been a, it's been a big week. <laughs> I was driving home, I, uh, actually it was Micah's birthday this week, she turned five. And so I was driving home, I'd been and I'd done some shopping for her birthday the next day, and I was driving home six o'clock at night, and uh, peak hour traffic... And the news came on, and so it took me a bit longer to get home, and I was listening to the news, but the first story up straight away, the first story breaking news straight up was that a 10-year-old boy had been hit by a car in Padstow. Um, Padstow's close to home, so immediately my ears kind of, it it, it caught my attention, he's a 10-year-old boy, I have a 10-year-old daughter, I know what suddenly put myself and how that would feel. And I actually felt completely moved and taken by the story to the point where I was actually in tears and crying for this family and for this little boy and praying for him. And they actually had to work on him for 90 minutes before he was even stable enough to take him in the ambulance to the hospital. And I just thought, wow, that is like insane. And then they went on to say that um, it was a female driver and she'd been taken to the police station for mandatory drug and alcohol testing which is, you know, just part of the process. And I thought, you know what? Again, a little bit of creative license. I don't know if that was the case. I don't think it was. It was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But something hit me on the inside, and I just thought, you know what? She was probably just distracted. How many times have we been driving down the road, and something's flashed up on our phone, or we want to change the song, or... You know the aircon's too hot or too cold, and we're fiddling around with it, or we drive past the house and we're like, "Oh, that's a nice house." Or you know, like there's so many things in our minds that are bombarding us all the time. We might just be in a different place where we're not really concentrating. And all it takes is a split second of distraction, and boom, lives ruined. This woman has to live with that guilt for the rest of her life, and I just started praying for her and her family as well, and that. You know, Jesus would show up in all of these lives that some good would come out of this distraction, but we need to be so focused. Not so focused that we forget about what's going on around us, but I've found that when we're focused on him, when we're not distracted by the things of the world, we don't miss a thing. We don't miss a thing. We miss the things we're not supposed to, and we see the things that he wants us to see, the important things at hand. Well, you know, perhaps you might have been distracted by my friend here, my um, whiteboard, and wondering, when is she gonna write on that whiteboard? (laughs) (laughs) Why has she even got a whiteboard there? You might have started, when when it came out, you might, oh, Amanda's using a whiteboard. That's unusual. In fact, can I tell you a really quick story about the whiteboard? when I text June this afternoon and asked for a whiteboard, she was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, no worries. She texts me back about two minutes, are you serious about the whiteboard or are you just joking? (laughs) And And anyone else who was thinking, I didn't really see Amanda as a whiteboard kind of preacher, you'd be right. I am not a whiteboard kind of preacher. It was purely here. Just if you ever thought about that whiteboard, if you were distracted by this whiteboard at any time as I was speaking, Sometimes God's right here and He's speaking and I hope it's been a, a Jesus message coming out, but right in the corner of our eye, something as evil as this whiteboard right here can be distracting you. And I honestly do believe whiteboards are evil. They remind me of school and admin and all that kind of stuff, and you all know how much I you all know how much I hate that stuff they just a little bit of fun here tonight. i oh, such a prop girl tonight. Like, wow, a bit of a show pony. <laughs> Photos, whiteboards, what's next? <laughs> one of my um, favorite stories of distraction in the Bible and probably quite an infamous one is that of Mary and Martha. And I'm going to read it from the ESV version tonight. Hello. I chose it because it actually has the word distracted in it it fit the message, so you know, <laughs> go with what works, people. So I'm going to read out of Luke 10:38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. and she went up to him and said, "Lord." Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Now I'm going to walk over here because I live with Mary. I'm married to Mary. (laughs) We call him Dylan, but I am married to Mary. He loves to sit at Jesus' feet and worship him, and that is how he's so amazing when he gets up on the stage, and I love it, and I appreciate it, but can I tell you, his worship sometimes drives me crazy. And I know that sounds so, so bad, but Dylan is the person that decides that it's a great time to worship and sit at Jesus' feet, around the 5 to 7 p.m. mark. Now, if you're a mom or a dad, you know that's the worst time at home. You know, the kids are tired, you're tired, they're crying, there's dinner to get ready, there's baths, you know, you're trying to get them all settled and ready for bed, and, you know, the noise level in the house is quite high, and, you know, there's a baby clinging on my leg as I'm trying to cook dinner, and, you know, the house is chaos and crazy town, and there's Dylan in the lounge, strumming, and like he doesn't worship quietly. Like what what you see is what you get. Like he's strumming on his guitar and he's like belting out this worship song and there's just noise everywhere and I'm just like, Dylan, can you worship God some other time? Are you serious? (laughs) Can you see what needs to happen right here? He's all Mary, I'm all Martha. I'm like, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, that sounds really terrible, but... Actually, I, I get it. You know, I get it. I sway from being Mary to Ma- and Martha. I have days when I'm Mary and days when I'm Martha. I have a personality disorder, it seems. <laughs> but I get it. But from my experience... I need to be a Mary in order to be a Martha. I need that time undistracted being with Jesus so I can make it through the Martha moments. You see, Martha's just Martha. We only see that side of her. And I'm guessing she's like that all the time. And she's got some truth. I mean, she's like so blunt with Jesus. She's like, you know, tell her to come and help me. Like, she's rude to Jesus. I'm like, wow, lady, if you really knew who you were talking to, maybe you wouldn't be so rude. She's obviously offended with Mary's behavior. And I'm thinking envious. Maybe I'm envious of Dylan as he sits and takes all the distraction out of his life and just sits at Jesus' feet. Well, I prepare the meal. <laughs> But I know I need to have merry moments because Martha moments always come. There's always something to do. There's responsibility. We're serving in the house. We're building the house. Some of it's thankless stuff. Some of it's behind the scenes and no one sees it. And sometimes it can be like, oh my gosh, everybody else is getting to enjoy the presence of God and I'm stuck out here getting the coffees ready or I'm in kids' church serving week in and week out and, and I'm, 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 I'm doing this and I'm doing that. while well, they all get to be Mary's and sit and soak in the presence of Jesus. But I can guarantee you, as you're having a Martha moment, there's someone else, being able to have a merry moment. And, you know, we can choose to be disgruntled and annoyed and distracted by that, like Martha. Or we can think, I'm so glad I'm carrying this dinner so Mary can have a moment with Jesus. Jesus says to Martha, he says, Martha, Martha. He says it's twice. He's trying to catch her focus. He's trying to catch her attention. He says, Mary has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken from her. I feel like he's saying, Martha, it's a choice. It's a choice and you will never lose out if you choose me. You will never lose out if you sit at my, my feet and just be with me. I will not cut this short with Mary just to appease you because at the end of the day, this is all that matters. And we need to be focused, and not let those distractions come out, come against us, and be so distracted that we forget, and we're upset, and we're offended, and we've got heavy heart not to sit at the feet of Jesus. You know, even Jesus pushed distraction to the side and took time out from the people, serving them, delivering them, helping them, teaching them, because he knew in order to be a Martha, he needed to be a Mary first. And if I can just ask the band to come back up, that would be great. You know, there's so many scriptures that speak about Jesus getting away by himself and sitting at the Father's feet, taking distractions out of his life. So many that I I chose one that highlighted that he did this often. And it's in Luke 5.16 in the Amplified Version. And it simply says, But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray, in seclusion, he often made time to be in seclusion, totally without distraction, so that he could live his call out, if Jesus needs to do that, then goodness knows that I need to do that and some, like a hundredfold, I need to spend time sitting at Jesus' feet, even just preparing this word, Dylan said, "Do you, do you need to go down the road?" <laughs> it's like, so I went and, and drove into a park and just sat there, going over this, trying to you know take away the distraction of needing to clean up and kids and wanting and taking away the distraction to go and focus and sit at his feet to get a download because I don't I don't bring anything. I don't bring anything. You know, if the worship sucked, I might just walk out the door and go, I'm not here because there's no anointing. I only come under the anointing because I know that it's all from him. You know, you might be listening to this message tonight and one of those things has resonated with you. It might be those Martha moments. You're serving. You're serving and you're looking around and you're like, oh man, I'm tired and no one's helping. And, you know, they're all over there laughing and being with Jesus. And I'm over here, the doing and the doing and the doing. Maybe you're like the rich man and God's asked you to lay something down, but you're so distracted with it. You're just like, I just can't. I just can't. Maybe at one stage you were distracted by this whiteboard. June probably was setting it up. (laughs) We all have distractions in our lives, and I'm none the different. I have plenty of distractions. I don't spend enough time sitting at his feet. When God gives me a message, I always think it's more for me than anybody else. He's just asking me to share it. Maybe your heart's heavy, heavy with distractions. I want us to stand here tonight